Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Back at the mic, Scott, alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, thank you so much for coming back. The heavy lifting <laughs> was a little too much for me. Uh, I managed to put together somewhat coherent uh, sentences the other night, but great to have you back. You have a good trip? It was, yeah. It was a, a lovely time over there in Belgium and France. I have the pleasure of being the education coordinator for the Vimy Foundation, where we select 20 deserving young people from across the country to head over to Belgium and France to learn about the First World War and Canada's efforts there. The selections are based off of the, the students' community service and commitment to their communities and making the world frankly a better place and giving them an opportunity to uh, to explore these sites and learn a little bit about Canada's past so it's a, a wonderful opportunity for not only the students but also for me to experience these sites because I've been to the what was the Western Front a few times now but every time is different because you get to see it in the eyes of the students and mm -hmm. their experience in sites the sites for the first time so it really is a terrific program and we had a really great batch of kids this year that I was uh, just happy to have the opportunity to lead that group. Oh, terrific. Sounds good. I, uh, we'll have to talk about some of the adventures over uh, over a beer soon. Yes. But, Sean, since you were gone, Curling World kept turning. It's just sure uh, before we get into everything going on now, yeah, did you have any thoughts about the world? Did you have a chance to see any of it? I saw none of it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have to say, I, I saw absolutely none of it. I was not surprised at seeing who was in the final. I did see, so the only thing I did see was the quad that Kevin Cooey made at some point on mm. Saturday. Don't know which game, don't know the context of that game, but I saw the quad uh, on Twitter, and that's all I saw. Yeah, that was a pretty great shot. It was sort of to uh, keep the blank alive, I think, in one of the ends. And, uh, yeah, that was definitely a popular Twitter shot for sure that one and the in-off you played against the u.s to to sort of clinch the victory uh so yeah so just since we didn't recap last time uh, our picks for the world championships yes. we, we both did well between the two of us we picked all the playoff teams okay uh so so you picked canada to win sweden switzerland scotland as other playoff teams so you get four points for that and i picked sweden to win with canada the usa and japan Okay. So uh, there you the go. Table. We were we were uh, pretty smart. Nostradamus. That's too straight now. I, I ran the table at Women's Worlds too. Wow. So whew, look out! I'm on fire. That's and uh, started on Tuesday. The uh, the next event, the Players Championship. So uh, we put our picks on Twitter. I don't know if we'll talk about them today. Maybe a bit in the context of Sean's being bad. <laughs> but uh yeah that that event kicked off in downtown toronto at the madame athletic center have you had a chance to see any of that seen none of that <laughs> uh i have not i i will say though the the only, my only comment is that team chelsea carry of course the official team of the game of stones podcast tweeted out something on either sunday or monday that said you know we're playing the players championship 
the most prestigious of the Grand Slams. And I wanted to tweet something about, like, okay, make sure you get your tickets for the Champions Cup, everybody. Like, <laughs> like what? Is this the most prestigious? If the players care about this the most, it should be last. Yeah, I think this was the original, like, uh, crown jewel of the Grand Slam when there was four events. The Players' Championship was the last event of the season, and it has always been held in Toronto in sort of a prestigious arena, the old Maple Leaf Gardens. And it was the thing that the players would always look forward to. And then that's why it's called the Players' Championship. You do need uh, to, to be invited to play based on your standings. So I think it stems from that. It's got a longer history than the Champions Cup. You're right. Maybe the Champions Cup should be more prestigious, but uh, it's not. So... As far as I'm concerned, uh, yeah, the Champions Cup is important, but this one, because of the history, is a, has a little more weight. Uh, I mean, okay. I, I, the, <laughs> the thing about this, the, the Grand Slams are, if you want to tell me that the Players' Championship is more prestigious than the National, you have to explain to me why. I don't understand. They're all the same thing. Like, the, Well, I just the, explained it. Okay. There was the, like, okay, great. Like, there used to be four, and now there's eight. But they're all the same event. Like, I, okay, I, I'm a historian by... Like, that's my profession, to be his historian. But if you want to tell me that something is important only because that's the way it's always been, that's not a good reason. And the fact that there was only four, and now there's seven, and now they're going to go to six next year. Like, but to me... And it really, it's really hit me this year that there's not much that differentiates these events. And no, I mean, this one, instead of three pools of five, which seems to be the norm, there's only two pools for each one. I mean, if you want to tell me that that really differentiates it, like, like, I don't like, I, it seems like they, they want it to be like golf where there's events and events. And then there's the four big ones, but those ones actually feel different because the, the golf courses they play are harder. So well, well, that... maybe not harder, but they they do have the tradition behind them, you know. Like I, I think Augusta National is an easier course than some of the ones you might play on tour, but because you know only a certain number of people get to play it, and it's the same one every year, it has built that sort of tradition into it. And they're trying to do this with curling, but the depth's not there. I, with them, with... well, yeah, they're they're not uh, they're not it's... succeeding so far. No, but, it's the same teams over and over again. And, and like, don't get me wrong, I like watching it. I enjoy having curling on TV. It, it's just this idea that one Grand Slam is more important to win than another Grand Slam. I just don't understand why that is, other than money. Right, and I, I think the money is the same. Yeah. So, uh, so speaking so, of which, <laughs> so speaking of which, uh, we are recording this, of course, Thursday as we drop it. And uh, not much suspense on the women's side for the overall season, Scott, as Rachel Homan with her second victory here. They're currently at 2-2 two and two as we record this. They have clinched, believe it or not, the Pinty's Cup with That's right. an event and a half left. They have sealed it up. They, uh, they won uh, the game earlier today. Uh, beating against Tracy, Tracy Fleury. Fleury. Yes, they went eight to five in that game, and that's that. 
the Pinty's Champion Cup goes to Rachel Homan, they don't have to show up in a couple of weeks, and they get yeah, seventy five thousand dollars. That's pretty crazy, right? They uh, they have a twenty two point lead over Anna Hasselberg and Team uh, Tiranzoni. So, and you know, Anna Hasselberg won the first two yes. events. So, for them to have that big an advantage is is sort of mind blowing, right? And I guess Hasselberg didn't play in one of the events, so that helps. And that was and that was the one that Holman won to get her momentum going uh, on the year, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, no drama at all. No. None. No. So, yeah, they they, they won that game, and then they came out, and Sylvana Tiranzoni beat them 8-1 to one in, in their next game. But it's it does speak to how good this team is. And it's really remarkable, Scott, that the, they come out, Anna Hasselberg comes out on fire, Carrie Anderson comes out on fire at the start of the year, and mm-hmm. we talked on this show about, well, maybe Anna Hasselberg is the best team in the world to the point where we almost took it as a given. I think and, we said it. Yeah. Yeah. And yet here we are now in the spring and Rachel Holman has done all of this. And it almost feels it feels weird to say that the, the fact that they didn't win the Scotties still to me is the most important thing that this team has done this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I I mean, if they had, you know, made one of those two draws, then they, you know, all the controversy about Canada not performing at the world championships likely wouldn't have been the same. Could have been, we saw what happened at the the Olympics for sure. Could have been, but likely, not uh and then they're in the spotlight for that much longer uh the the topic of rachel and uh joanne being pregnant becomes more of a conversation uh so yeah the curling world could be really different given a different result on either of those two draws in the scotties yeah so and let's not forget too they they have withdrawn from the World Cup of Curling Grand Finale in Beijing, as neither Holman or Joanne Courtney probably would be able to play in that. Certainly Rachel Holman would not be able to play in that. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, they've they withdrawn from that. But, you know, you go back, they win that event in August, too. They've had a phenomenal, phenomenal year, but they're so yeah. good that it feels like an incomplete season somehow. Exactly, yeah. It's weird how the expectations are different for for different teams, you know, like Robin Silvernagel, uh, who we might talk about, uh, has had an amazing year up by her standards. Yeah. Well, by our standards for her and, and yet hasn't really won anything. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so we can say, oh, that team's had an amazing year. Like, I think we said it last year with Jamie Sinclair. Yes. Oh, right. amazing year for Jamie year. Sinclair. Yes. She won this player's championship event last year. Uh, but until that point, hadn't really won anything, but had been in our minds, you know, through the world championships. So, yeah, perspective. It's all that's what it's all about. For sure. For sure. So, I, I mean, elsewhere around this event, uh, basically, all I have to say is that my picks are a, a train wreck. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah, you had uh, Botcher, Gushu, Patterson and Kui. Kui, you know, Kui always seems to disappoint at these uh Grand Slam events. I was listening to the Rocks Across the Pond podcast this evening, and they mentioned that 
Kui has only won five Grand Slam uh, championship events in his career. Which really? is pretty, uh, which is pretty remarkable, right? Considering he's won four Briars, <laughs> yeah, and you only get one shot at those per year. Plus, right. you got to come out of your province, which he played in the same province as Randy Furby and Kevin Martin for half his career. Yeah, so uh, I think it's is pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, to to uh, note that is really quite remarkable. I I, I completely agree. Uh, yeah, a bit of a stunning, uh, a, a bit of a stunning stat. Uh, I think Scott, you're in a little better shape than I am here, with uh, Jacobs, Howard, Eden, and Carruthers. As Glenn Howard's gotten off to a pretty good start here, Nick mm. Eden uh, only played two games, so somewhat surprisingly, uh, just the way it's the still two and zero, yeah, two and zero. So a long way to go here, and uh, we'll see how it all plays out at the Players Championship this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I just finished watching actually uh, Brad Jacobs against Brad Gushu. Uh, Jacobs beat him in the last end, so four and zero there. Gushu got three and one in the other pool. Yeah, so we also had the awkward game of the season as yeah. Curling Geek Curling Geek pointed out as John Epping played uh, Brad Jacobs. So let's go there as John Epping and his squad announced that Craig Savile has been future endeavored and uh, they are bringing in Ryan Fry to play third. Matt cam moves to second and Brent Lang will play lead. This one, Scott is a real stunner to me. I, you, you could have given me 10 guesses on where Ryan Fry was going to go and I wouldn't have gotten to John Epping. Sean, me neither. And I got to say, I really don't like it. Okay, so why why not? Like I, I've seen on Twitter, a lot of people don't like this move and are upset. What is your reasoning for not enjoying this? I I I would have thought that if this team was going to make a move, it would have been Matt Cam as the one to leave. Right, I agree. And it's not that I want Matt Cam to leave. I think he's quite good, actually. He's not as good as Ryan Fry. No. But bringing Ryan Fry into this team, shifting everybody else to their positions, uh, you know, out, out of position, it, it creates another dynamic that they're going to have to spend next year working on. If Ryan Fry has committed himself to being better on the ice, being better off the ice, being... Uh, the, the championship player we know he can be, and we saw from 2013-2014, then I'm sure the team will be okay. But it's a real big gamble to take at this point in the the four-year stretch. If you told me it was going to happen for this past season, okay, fair enough. It's a year to figure out if it's working. And if not, all right, we'll, we'll do something else. John Epping might have felt that Losing the Ontario Championship necessitated some kind of move. I don't know. I don't. I don't know him. But it, it seems a bit of a, a a quick reaction that, in my mind, wasn't really necessary. No, I, I completely agree. And the thing is, they didn't lose in Ontario, nor did they lose the playing game at the Briar because of Craig Savile. No. Like no. I, I don't understand 
necessarily how this addresses the core problem that has prevented John Epping from getting over the top. Yeah. Now that, I heard that, I heard some rumors, Sean, about uh, about why. Okay. And I since I don't know why, I won't I won't say them, but uh, they they thought that they would be better without Craig on the team. So. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, we're not there. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I, I'm sorry. With all due respect, yeah, no. with like with all due respect to Ryan Fry, he his track record isn't great in terms of interpersonal dynamics on curling teams. It yep. worked. It worked with Brad Jacobs, but his track record isn't very good in this category. And hopefully, as we said at the time, hopefully his leave was beneficial to him. The briar I felt watching them was a little better. I found them watchable, whereas in the past it was it was tough to get through some of their games. So so maybe, and who knows? And maybe having somebody like Lang there will be good for him. But it just is a move that is very confusing to me. And again. When you look at what has prevented John Epping from winning a Briar or some of his losses in Ontario, it's <laughs> it's been because, and John Epping says this in interviews, that he himself is so up and down. And if the belief is that Ryan Fry can help him be better as a, as a shot maker and a, a game caller, then okay. Then but, fine, yeah. But... but I don't know. Do you want to? It's hard for me to believe that Craig Savile doesn't see angles and understand the game just as well, if not maybe even better. Who knows? Than Ryan Fry. Yeah, Sean. No, no doubt, no doubt. And the stuff I heard was not about Craig's personality or anything. It was just, uh, you know, the the technical playing the game. They just thought, listen, we we want to move to something different. So. That's uh, that's for them to interpret. And, you know, like now they've made this decision. They got to live with it. Perhaps next year we'll be looking at them the same way that we looked at Kerry Anderson this year, you know, or we're all scratching our heads. Why? What, what are they doing? Like, what, what? Can this work? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it remains to be seen. Ryan Fry's been to the Briar for three provinces already. And... Looking to add a fourth jacket. Yeah, he's trying to. Take, he's going to take John Morris's record. <laughs> yeah, so I I don't know. It just it seemed a little off to me. It was it was a surprise, a big shock. Yeah. Uh, to almost everybody. Yeah. Including including, including Savile. Craig Savile himself. Yeah. Um. So, it, yeah, I don't know. I I hope Craig can find a team if he wants to. Right. Maybe he doesn't want to. Uh, but if well, he can uh, lock yeah. on with somebody. That'd yeah, be great. In, in his statement, he's talking about spending more time with his kids. He curling geek pointed this out as well. I, I hope it was sort of an intentional, lighthearted dig that he misspelled Brent Lang's name <laughs> in the statement, um, which was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, if he wants to play, hopefully he can land somewhere. I've always enjoyed watching Savile play. He, he seems like a really smart player. He ducked us in the Perry a few years ago, which is understandable. True. We're a powerful, a powerful squad. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah, it, it it was just a real a real surprise to me because as we talked last year, I liked that team. The look of it mm-hmm. made a lot of sense to me, and a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, you the, certainly during that playing game at the Briar, the broadcast talked a lot about how they were at a sweeping disadvantage from certainly on Brendan Botcher's team, but I mean, no, uh, Brad Thiessen, like. Yeah, most people will be at a sweeping disadvantage. Yeah, so come on. But yeah, they did mention that as a, as potentially being a thing. I don't know if Matt Cam addresses that as someone. I mean, he's a younger guy. He's a strong guy. So yeah. he might be. A, I'm sure he probably is a stronger physically sweeper than, than Savile. But you're also losing a lot of intelligence and experience. And so, so I don't know. I just don't know what to make of it. I, I want to see it on the ice and see how it plays out but this was a move that was very very surprising yeah pretty surprising to me too sean so uh the counter to to that move is the one that allowed ryan fry to move to another team and that's brad jake was bringing in mark kennedy i don't think we talked about that no Uh, i I don't think we did you weren't you, you weren't surprised were you i was a little surprised actually i thought that Mark Mark Kennedy during the Continental mm-hmm. Cup in London last year was what I felt very clear that the only skip he wanted to play with for the rest of his career was Kevin Cooey. Yeah. And he took the step back. He went and, and he had to have surgery. He had to get healthy. And certainly that necessitated Kevin Cooey moving on. There's there's that's not a question of ill will or anything like that. That's a circumstance thing. Mark mm-hmm. Kennedy was not physically able to play this year or from what he said, didn't really have a desire to play this year, which is fine. That's certainly understandable. And then he plays in the, the Canada cup. Great. They need a player. It's a short event. You can do it. Mm-hmm. And it worked really well. But what was surprising to me was that, I think that Mark Kennedy in the interactions that I have had with him is one of these people who for five days could get along with anybody. Like he, yeah. He's, he, he, again, he has a lot of media training. So my interactions with him are in a media context and he, he knows how to deal with that. So, you know, by no means do I want to claim to have any knowledge really of Mark Kennedy behind the scenes or anything. So, with that caveat being that he he just comes in and on the on the broadcast when you're watching those games it worked but i they were successful i want to know what happens when uh, ej and ryan harnden start to get tight start to get antsy as we've seen in briars and mm-hmm. brad jacob seemed a lot more relaxed this year than he has been in the past but how does mark kennedy then fit in with that and can it work that he can calm the other guys down enough that the the issues that we've seen in the past for them that have been problematic don't come up again? And and I'm just I'm just curious again. This is another one I want to see how it plays out over the course of course of a season. You know, on, on a Wednesday night in the Northern Ontario Playdowns, if they're losing to Tanner Horgan again, like just sort of what happens? And that's what I'm not sure about. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly what I was thinking too, Sean. The, you know, for a one-week thing, 
that's one thing. But to be around these guys all year, yeah, when you're not used to it, maybe you know you have uh, the, like the honeymoon period ends, and then you're sort of bickering with each other a little bit. And the way Fry fit into that dynamic worked for their team for a while, and then stopped working. And I wonder if we could see the same thing with Mark Kennedy. Like you say, he seems like he can get a, get along with anybody. Uh, and is obviously a, a world-class, amazing curler. So, you know, I, I, I'm i a little surprised that, like you said, that Mark Kennedy, if he's not playing, or if he is playing, it's not with Cooey. Yeah. Because I think if you asked Kevin Cooey right now, hey, uh, you could get rid of Colton Flash and put Mark Kennedy in there. Would you do it? Like, no-brainer. Yeah, easy. Right? And especially at the Worlds, I know you didn't see any of it, Sean, but they, there were a couple of times when Cooey would say, hey, Flash, come here, and would tell him something. Uh, like, oh, you were throwing, you know, you got to remember this, or hey, don't don't sweep, uh, you know, to make it curl until we say. Uh, all these little things, right? And, right. And... Colton Flash, what he was the weak link of the team. Granted, they made the gold medal game, so they <laughs> yeah. they weren't that weak. But uh, yeah, I think if you injected Cooey with some truth serum, asked him that question, maybe you didn't wouldn't even have to do it. Just ask him the question, <laughs> and he'd say, "Oh yeah, I want Kennedy any day of the week." So uh, that said, you're right. It's surprising to me to see Kennedy on another team, and it would be very weird to see him at a Briar. Wearing Not golden Alberta. green, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, interesting moves for sure. I'm sure as the summer goes on, uh, we'll hear more moves coming out, and we'll be there to talk about them all for sure. But I, I think what both of these things really have confirmed is that at the top level, this is now a business. There, like, there's no more pretense. No. I think of of this being anything other than business arrangements for these guys, and you know a- any claims of this is you know four guys who are all great friends who are getting together and playing and hey we're really good, with the exception of Glenn Howard I think that is out the window, uh, that these are business yeah. arrangements and it's very clear that that's what it is now, and it, it's been that way for a while but. The Epping move in particular confirms that to me. Mm-hmm. And that said, if you know if Craig Savile's looking for somebody to play at the Ottawa on the Cash League, uh, yeah, yeah look, give us a call. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know we got uh, we got some time on our hands here in the nation's capital, so we'll throw throw that out. And the thing is, if we got Savile, you know, we wouldn't have to play at nine o'clock all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, that's yeah. the incentive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So there you go. Uh, the, sort of our thoughts there. I, I think. Is there anything else there, Scott, that we have not touched on? Oh, brother. Uh, probably there probably is something, but you know what? The, this curling, it's not stopping anytime soon. Uh, we've got this Players Championship, then the Champions Cup, as you mentioned, that'll be uh, held near the end of the month in two weeks' time. Yeah. And after that, the final grand final of the curling world cup and then that's it oh you know what we are forgetting what's that i'll tell you world mixed doubles yeah you're right i've completely forgot about that is that going on right now uh that's a good question it's going on (laughs) if not now soon 
<laughs> I feel like I would have heard more about it if it was happening now. So I think it right. starts next week or this weekend. Okay. Uh, over in Norway, there Stavanger. Okay. Uh, so that that's gonna be going on soon. Uh, I don't think we'll do a preview, but we'll come in uh, maybe middle of the week to see how things are shaping up for the playoffs there. All right, I like that. Yes, uh, and yes, Stavanger, Norway at the Sormarker Arena. So get your tickets at the vaunted Sormarker Arena. Yeah, nobody goes in there and beats Norway. It's well. Yeah, known. it's it's their house. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, those start uh, April twentieth. Yes. So good luck to all the teams participating there, in particular Team Hong Kong, of course. Jason and Ling heading over there to Norway. Absolutely, should be fun. Absolutely. So, uh, so there you have it. Our thoughts on sort of the the news and views on the world of curling. Nice quick episode here as uh, I sort of get my podcast legs back after a week abroad. Yeah, you haven't. Uh, I, I notice your voice is a little better. Yeah, so, it, is, it is a little better uh, that's than, one thing. than when I left. Yeah, so it, it's weird to go on a red eye flight and somehow feel better when you get off the plane than when you got on the plane. I think that's a rare occurrence. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, good on the Dreamliner. That's a great plane. Oh, you got to fly in the Dreamliner. I love it. Yeah, so that was good stuff. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, so we'll be back on Sunday, Scott. Uh, Sunday or Monday. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll be back at some point to talk about the players championship and how it all plays out there. Go through our picks and see if, uh, as it looks now, Scott may be able to not only catch me, but also pass me here in our picks pool. Given the horribleness of my picks, I will say when I made those picks, it was on three hours sleep and I was on the other side of the ocean, but Hey, there's no excuses here. No, there's no excuses in curling picks. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so enjoy the curling, everybody. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is. You get your show, like, rate, and subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. If you want to email the show, it's Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. Scott on Twitter at Scott Likes TV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. So enjoy the games. We'll be back with you later in the weekend. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.